Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Marnie Svedberg, and I welcome you to Marnie and Friends, a place where leaders share practical, helpful, and encouraging ways to get anything important done faster, better, and smarter. Right now, I encourage you to sit back, buckle up, and join us for fun, laughter, practical help, and clear thinking, the kind of discussion that focuses our attention off of the fluff and onto the most important stuff in life. Again, welcome to Marnie's Friends. Let's get going. Hey, everybody, hope you're having a wonderful day, and if you're looking for money, you've come to the right place. So today's training is with Tiffany C. Wright, and the name of the training is Finding Funding for Your Business or Idea. Our guest today, Tiffany C. Wright, is the perfect person to train this stuff because she spent over 20 years as an engineer, financial manager, owner, CFO, and COO, and she understands firsthand the challenges that small and medium businesses face and has strategized and executed funding and financing plans that have helped businesses obtain funding or finances in the amount ranging from $100,000 to $6.5 million. She's the author of the new book, The Funding is Out There, Access to Cash You Need to Impact Your Business. And her website is thefundingisoutthere.com. During this hour, You are going to come to understand why you must be resourceful in order to grow your business when you currently don't have the funds you need, an overview of funding strategies and how to decide which ones to use, a brief overview of traditional and non-traditional non-traditional funding sources, why even consultants and solopreneurs with no employees can get funding and how to approach this unique scenario, how to create the financial statements, and supporting narrative documents needed to bring in financing, what to do and do not do if you have the time or interest in personally obtaining funding, and what to do today if you are really strapped for cash. I welcome you, Tiffany. Thank you, Marnie. I'm glad to be here. Well, it's so fun to have you. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. And this is kind (laughs) of a topic we hardly ever talk about here on Marnie's Friends is money. Um, but we have the Wealth Expo. By the way, if you guys missed the Wealth Expo, it's over at godlywealth.com. That's www.godlywealth.com. And you really, really want to listen to that because it, it goes everywhere from uh, it starts with the biblical principles of wealth and how God views it. And then it goes, next we talk to a guy who's like multimillionaire. And then we, next we talk to a guy that's living on a buck a year. So uh, <laughs> I'm following Jesus. So it's just so so balancing and everything. But today we're going to talk specifically with you, Tiffany, about getting funding when you don't have enough, but you're sure this is the direction you want to go. So maybe just give us a little background. How did you ever decide to like target this particular aspect of money? Well, I was a business advisor at Georgia Tech before becoming a, an interim chief financial officer, and um, we had a number of businesses that came in and they asked the same questions over and over again. Also, Mm -hmm. I put together something called the the Financial Roundtable, which was a monthly monthly series where we educated small business owners about the types of funding that was out there and where they could access it or how and how they could access it. Mm -hmm. And just people had the same questions and I was getting frustrated because it was new information for them. But for me, it was highly repetitive. (laughs) And so (laughs) finally, and I I would say the same issues coming up and the same concerns and the same approach 
uh, I can't, I can't, I can't. There, it's not available. It's not there. And I would say it is available. It is there. You can. Um, so finally, two or three people told me to start writing um, my notes down. And so that's what I did over a period of several years was all, all um, even after becoming a CFO, was just record the different scenarios that I encountered and um, what we did to, uh, what I did, what we did to obtain financing for a specific entity. Mm. So that's how I came about. Frustration. Frustration uh, <laughs> is the, uh, what is the mother of invention. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I don't know the, the usual. I don't know if you could have given a more encouraging answer than that because what I heard you say is this is like, duh, of course you can get the money if you need it. So <laughs> I think that's what we all wanted to hear. <laughs> so I didn't mean it quite like it, that. I know it can be very frustrating. <laughs> yeah. So why is it why is it that people have to be resourceful um in order in order to grow the business when you don't have the funds? You know, you mentioned your um the wealth workshop, which I yeah. I have not attended but you you mentioned a couple of things it's the um the first thing about abundance is believing that it's up there and that you have access to it so that applies to a funding for your business if you believe that the funding is out there then uh your mind will begin to expand and things will begin opportunities will begin to show up if you don't 100 percent shut down. And even when something mm-hmm. slaps you in the face, you don't see that. I'm an angel investor and I have sat next to business owners who could only tell me about all the issues they were having and that was a huge turnoff. They never, you never know who you're sitting next to. If they had just t- talked about their business in a succinct manner about what they were trying to accomplish, I could have, mm-hmm. I may have been interested, someone else may have been interested or at least I could have shared some information with them, but it was a huge turnoff. So it's important to first of all believe that some, that things are out there and then focus on what you need the money for instead of just the money and that's how you become resourceful. So if you say I need the money for marketing then you could $2000 to do marketing or you could find a marketing partner who will put up the funds and handle things to get in you get the same amount of marketing actually you may even get have um achieve because now you have a strategic marketing partner. Um, so that's what I mean by being resourceful. Um, or you may need um, money to obtain a chief executive officer or a general manager because you are just don't have the skill set to run the business. You can think, oh, most people in that position make 140000 or you can think, well, what is it that my business has? And maybe you can get away with paying 50000 and and incentivizing them with um uh like uh what do you call it um either equity or a share of the profits there's different ways to do different things but of course you you first have to be resourceful and think about what it is you have to offer what it is you want and need and then what are the sources of that particular uh, of the money or the or the or the actual item that you need I just love your I love your points. I love your first point, Tiffany. I was just recently interviewed on um great uh restaurant unstoppable and he said he said, What's the one thing that you want to tell restaurant managers? And I said, I would tell everybody you're on candid camera and <laughs> what you just said, you just said it so succinctly 
you've been sitting next to someone who's telling you they need money, but they don't know you're an angel investor, and they're just telling you all the right, all the downsides of what they're trying to do and everything. You know, we we really don't ever know what God has orchestrated for us until we see it. And so to, to go ahead and be, you know, sad and down and everything about it when you have the opportunity to be looking at what you can do and what's ahead of you, I just love that. Believe it and then um, talk like you believe it. <laughs> and then um, know your why. You know, know your why. I love that too. Yeah, so thank you. I mean, there's something called an elevator pitch, which if you are trying right. to pursue money from investors, people have heard of that. Typically, if you haven't um, tried to pursue money from investors, you haven't. But that's exactly what an elevator pitch is. You run into someone who may be able to provide you with funding or, or connect you with someone who could, and you just succinctly in 90 seconds to three minutes say what your business is about and either they're interested or they're not. That's what people should focus on instead of griping to strangers about what they can't do. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And if you guys don't know how to do an elevator pitch, there's a whole training on that under the uh, media tab. Okay. Tiffany, let's you and I talk about an overview of funding strategies and how people can decide which one or more than one to use. Okay. There's, there's different fund financing, um, types of financing the main ones are um debt or blended um and then there's the alternative which really doesn't uh speak to any of those um but the main sources are debt and equity and so if you in order to pursue debt financing which is most people know financing but it's anything that you have to repay over a period of time so it could be receivable uh financing or factoring, or, um, uh, you know, a loan from a family member, a loan from Prosper, which is an online peer lending entity. Um, All of those, you need to make sure, if you're going to pursue debt financing, you need to have the cash flow to be able to pay it back. And if you're looking at bank financing, which is the lowest uh, cost of capital, meaning that banks offer the lowest interest rate, and... um, you know, there's no, you don't have to give up a stake in your business for it. Um, you, you the, look at your cash flow. It will also look at your your assets, but they really are more interested in the cash flow because they are not in the asset holding business. Um, other mm-hmm. entities will look at your, like if you go after inventory financing, there's entities that, and if you have good uh, inventory that turns over on a regular basis, they're interested. But again, Cash flow and then secondary would be assets. Do you have cash flow and or do you have assets for debt? So for equity, the what is interesting there to, to people who would provide you with equity is does your is your business going to grow enough to give them a sufficient return? If you're going after family and friends, typically they're not looking for a forty percent return. You know, they're looking more for like ten percent something like that. But um as you reach out to more uh, sophisticated investors or people that you know who aren't in your immediate group, like your barber or whomever, um, they're looking for a return on their money, either through the cash that your business will will start to spin off in two to three years or more, or from the sale of your business at a later point in time. So again, if you so you have to think about where do you want your business to be in five years 
And is that appealing enough for investor to come to you? Um, so those are the two main things, and those are what drives your strategy. So you're going to grow and be able to give a good, re- an excellent return or a good return to an investor. Do you have cash and assets for um, for lending? And then alternatively, um, do you have maybe not quite enough cash or assets? Maybe not quite enough of a return. You can do something called blended debt or equity through warrants and so on and. Uh, mezzanine financing, which gets to be a little bit more complicated, and is typically uh, for businesses that are generating five to twenty-five million in revenue. Um, but that that option definitely exists. And then there's the alternative, as I said, with strategic partners um, or strategic investors or bartering and broke uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, swapping um, those kinds of things. But again, it's what do you have of value? And what could you interest the other person in? So you really need to understand where your business is um, in terms of financially, in terms of the assets it owns and the cash it has, but also in terms of what your business has to offer other entities. Again, as, and as business owners, we're often so focused on what what we have to do, what you know, from our own perspective. That when you're going out for financing, you have to think of kind of like when you you know if you if you are the main salesperson in your company. You have to put yourself into your customer's shoes in order to be able to determine what it is they need and be able to sell to that. It's the same thing with going for funding. Um, You have to put yourself in the shoes of the entity that you're going for, and that's what determines your strategy. What do you need the money for, and who do you most appeal to, and then what do you have for them? Hmm. Awesome. This is Marty. We're visiting (laughs) today with... Tiffany C. Wright of thefundingisoutthere.com. We're going to come right back and talk about why even consultants and solopreneurs with no employees can get funding and how to approach that scenario. We'll be right back. What's your next step? Are you tired of scouring the Internet to find the training you need to take you from where you are today to where you want to be? Stop searching and start moving towards your goals with over 150 targeted training modules available to you at Marnie.com. You can learn how to speak, how to write, how to get published, how to get media coverage, and so much more, all available at Marnie.com. That's M-A-R-N-I-E.com. Welcome back. Our guest today is Tiffany T. Wright, author of a new book called The Funding is Out There at the cash you need to impact your business. Tiffany, uh, before we move on to talking about really smaller businesses or, or startups, let's just go back and just recap. So there's the two different types of strategy. One is debt and one is equity. Debt is to repay over time, whereas equity will um, grow. It has to grow fast enough to get some money out of it uh, later. And then as far as the traditional and non-traditional funding sources, uh, maybe just give us a recap of that. Okay. The Yes, I, I think I kind of blended two questions into one uh, extended answer. <laughs> the um, For traditional, the traditional funding sources, what most people tell me, I, I'm going to come from that perspective. When they think of debt, they think of banks. When they think of equity, they think of angel investors or venture capitalists. So, on the those are the traditional entities so additional traditional entities um that uh for those who have been in business a little bit longer they may be aware of them are factoring which are entities that lend against your receivables they typically 
um, take ownership of your receivables and then advance you money. Accounts receivable lenders, who are entities that actually give you a line of credit, you hold on to your receivables. You still own your receivables, but they extend a line of credit against them. Um, inventory financing, as I had stated, which is a line of credit against your inventory to help you purchase inventory. There's um, uh, there's equipment lenders. Uh, there are those entities that uh, lend for the equipment that they sell, but there's also other equipment lenders that will lend against anyone's equipment. There's asset lenders who will just lend against any kind of asset that you can have that they're experienced in. Um, there's, so anyways, those are, the, those are the types of traditional lenders that exist. Um, okay. Then on the equity side, there are, as I said, angel investors. There's angel groups. There's formal angel groups in all, any city of, any, of at least 100,000 or larger. Um, then there's angel investors that you don't know about, which may be your barber, your whomever, your accountant, your lawyer. You never know. And even if they're not interested themselves, they may know others who are interested. You just have to ask if anyone's ever read the book, The Millionaire Next Door. Um, lots of times people have money that you're not aware, whom you're not aware of has money. <laughs> mm -hmm. So you can just, you can reach out to them. Then there's, there's venture capitalists. They're looking for very specific um, returns. There's private equity firms. They tend to focus on firms that are um, at the more mature stage that have more uh, predictable cash flow than do venture capitalists who tend to invest at earlier stages. Um, there's, uh, and then of course, as I, I think I mentioned family friends, that's when I was talking about the lawyers, the accountants and so on. I, I include that in the, uh, the, the, um, beyond the family and friends, but before the formal angel groups. Um, <laughs> okay. and then on the, <laughs> and then on the hybrid side, there's, mezzanine financiers uh, who provide bridge financing, which is they will provide a uh, loan, which could turn into a debt, or they provide preferred equity, which can be repaid like a loan or can be repaid like regular common stock. Um, and then there's the ones who issue warrants. As I said, those are typically for larger companies. Or you could do a um, what's called a... Um, um, some of them issue will provide you with shorter term financing if you're trying to go public, which again, most people associate that with much larger firms, but you can do something called a re, um, a reverse merger and do a, a back in into a, uh, an IPO. But typically those companies are about 10 million or more in revenue in order for it to make sense. So those are the, those are the, uh, the debt, the um, equity, and the uh, the hybrid um, sources. Um, now, the non-traditional is what I call swap uh, or bartering, and that is very legitimate. Um, when I was at Enron, <laughs> before they began uh, engaging in illegal activities, they used swaps. Um, and you have to, and the gap recognizes that as revenue or an expense, depending on which side of the transaction you're on, and you have to include it in your, uh, if you use accrual accounting. Um, then there's there's um, co-ops and 
there's non-traditional, like crowdfunding, peer-to-peer lending. Again, that's lending and crowdfunding if you use the uh, the angel crowdfunding or you could use the perks. That's very non-traditional. Uh, that's typically what Kickstarter uses or uh, what's another one out there? Indiegogo, they use perk um, crowd crowdfunding. Otherwise known as donation. Um, what else? There's Oh, and I, I say co-ops or memberships. People know, like, the local co-op for a grocery store or something where people participate, but there's a lot of agricultural co-ops or economic co-ops. There's a lot of immigrant groups that use uh, co-ops, an informal co-op in which they all pool their money and one group the money out each month. Um, anyways, there's a number of those different, and, and as I've also a number of those different options, um, and then as I've also said, marketing uh, partnerships, seeing all these other ways to access funding. And there's and what probably the twenty something or thirty something of those, but I just wanted to give you an overview. <laughs> and do you you go into all this in your book, right? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah, but now it's called the funding is out there. Um, and what and what about the solo entrepreneur or, or consultants with no employees? How about for them? Okay, for um, for consultants or with no employees who are, again, I, I know some consultants with no employees who make half a million a year, and so and they have good cash flow, so they qualify for a number of different types of financing, or they have really good um, either bank financing, so they have a term uh, a line of credit or they uh, have receivable financing because they have high-quality receivables. So that's one entity. Tiffany, I think we lost you. Tiffany, can you hear us? Uh Uh, We are getting no um, voice at all from Tiffany just now. So we are going to just take a little commercial break and come right back. Hopefully she can rejoin us in a moment. Christian Women's Event. At womensevents.info, you can find events to attend. Learn how to plan amazing events for your group or publicize your own upcoming Christian women's events. It's all available to you at womensevents.info. Just click your state to find all the major women's events coming to your area or type in the month and year you'd like to attend an event to see all your options nationwide. It's that easy. If you want to promote an event, just click Add Event. Event publicity is available on a per-event basis or free to members. Finally, if you want to learn how to host awesome events, retreats, and well-attended conferences, click Event Planner Training. Once again, it's available a la carte or included in the membership. It's all online and here for you 24-7 anytime you have time at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg, and we're going to see Tiffany. Are you with us? Uh, <laughs> Tiffany, there we got you. Okay. Yeah, well, technology is great when it works, right? That's what I was saying about computers. They're great when they work. Okay, go back and just talk, start where you left off there. We lost you where you were talking. Okay, we heard the part about uh, if somebody had kind of a lot of good quality receivables in that or a steady income that okay. they could qualify. But what about the smaller business owner? Okay, yes. Yeah. So typically consultants or solopreneurs 
um, will not be appealing to equity, uh, the people who would inject equity into the business because they don't have they don't have a vision of growing the business to be sufficiently large to give the give the equity holder a return a sufficient return on their investment. So the can primary ask, focus would can be. Can I ask a question right there? So yes. what kind of a, when you said growing it to be sufficiently good for a, uh, an investor, what what kind of a number are you looking at there? What would be the smallest amount where you would say, you know, like an angel group or something like that would be kind of interested in you? Um, I would say uh, at least 500000 typically okay. a million or more, but at least okay. 500000 um, because they're they're probably going to have to wait three to five years to get their return um, sure. and order. So if they inject twenty five or 50000 and they want, um, you know, a, a 40% return, and that's 40% year over year, <laughs> not, that, not uh, 50, so it's not uh, 50, 40% on top of 50000 That's 40% year over year for each of the years that you use that 50000 Yes, you would need sufficient funds to be able to repay them okay. those funds. Now go ahead and talk to the person who's not at that level. Okay. Um, so you can, if you're at the, uh, let's say, 100000 or 150000 which I call the um, micro-level entrepreneur, I put the solo consultants and the um Solopreneurs in the same category, so I could say as low as fifty thousand or even thirty-five thousand if you're just getting started to about one hundred fifty thousand. Then, if you have good credit, um, a, a loan against you know a personal loan, but in the name of the business. And I always, always stress, always stress that try to get the loan in the name of the business, and and you may be a guarantor, but over time say two to three years, you can get your, you can have your guarantee removed, which is what you want to do. Try to build up the business credit, not your own. If anything ever happens with the business, your credit wouldn't be ruined in addition to you losing your money on the business. <laughs> um, so uh, then there's also uh, crowdfunding, um, whether it's peer-to-peer lending or whether it's actually the perks. If you have a great idea or you have a great off, you have a, um, great book or uh, whatever you're selling, whether it's a product or a book or a service that you can productize, then the Indiegogo's and Kickstarters of the world are a great venue to get that out there to the rest of the world. And um, not only does it provide you with the funding needed to execute on your business plan, but it also provides you with a marketing tool. All the, all the, Stuff that you have to do, all the reaching out to social media, right. getting PR, and so on, really does drive um, uh, drive sales and revenue for your business. So just think of that as an additional benefit of using the crowdfunding. Um, another way is uh, again, a family or friends. Um, but then there's also a number of micro loans entities out there, like Axion. They are a small lender that provides. Uh, Loans. There's a number of entities out there, and every state actually probably has. I know Georgia has several hundred micro loan entities, depending on where you live and what county you're in, and so on. They provide loans from ten thousand to fifty thousand dollars, 
and that's what I, I uh, if you don't have the personal, personally good credit history to qualify for bank loans, or if you don't have enough assets to qualify for asset financing, then that's what I recommend is to pursue those types of en- entities. And Tiffany, if you went that direction, what would you be? What would you say would be a fair, like an interest rate or something? And I know that this will change, obviously, within a week even. But um, what is kind of a fair ballpark for that? Um, they those microfunding entities tend to be a little bit higher, but that's because they're taking on more risk. <laughs> right. Um, so it's usually between uh, ten and fourteen percent. Now, when interest rates go higher, that can increase. When they come, interest rates are low right now, so it actually could maybe be as low as eight, generally in the ten to fourteen percent range. And what would you be, what would you be looking at right now from a regular bank, like to compare it with? Um, probably, uh, if your credit is good, or if your business's credit is good, um, around six and a half percent or so. Just for a comparative there for people. And, of course, if you're going to take it just right out of your credit card, then you're looking at more like 18%. Um, right. So, you know, kind of, the Axiom kind of micro-business loaner is the middle of the road there um, if you need to do something other than a bank loan. Cool. So how do, yeah. um, how do people put together the, the financial statements and the supportive narrative documents needed to, to go ahead and start looking for financing? Well, if you if you use QuickBooks, which I, I love QuickBooks, or Peachtree is not to me not as great, but it's still a good one, or Planes or whatever if you're larger or have several different facilities, then you can produce your financial uh, statements out of that. They they produce a, a profit and loss statement, otherwise known as an income statement, a balance sheet and a um, cash flow statement. If you don't have that software, then you can do it in Excel. Um, but that's what the bank needs to see because, remember, or any lender needs to see. If you're going after equity financing, they care much less about your balance sheet and much more about your profit and loss statement um, and your um, projected cash. So, um, uh, so you can use Excel to create that again it's you know if you don't if you don't track it yourself on an ongoing basis i would highly recommend that you do because you can't make corrections if you're only doing it once a year <laughs> you can't correct your business and and see what's going on and find problems if you're only checking it once a year but um it's just you know whatever your profit and loss statement is just the revenue coming in your expenses going out and what's your, uh, you know, your net profit. Your balance sheet is your assets and your um, your liabilities plus any equity that you have in the business. So it's assets equals liabilities plus shareholders' equity or owners' equity. Um, those are the two. And then your cash flow is the cash that com- coming in and the cash that's going out. If you use cash accounting, then you don't need a cash flow statement because your income statement is the same as your your cash flow statement. But if you use accrual accounting, it will be significantly different. And I have often had companies who were profitable who had negative cash flow. So you 
banks are very, very interested in your cash flow because, again, that's how they'll be repaid. And equity holders are very interested in cash flow because if you are not going to sell the business, the cash flow, the projected cash flow in three to five years is what you're going to use to repay them. So those are the ones that you need, the the financial statements that you need. Um, And if you don't know how to do it, ask your accountant or ask um, a friend who is a financial whiz. And then if not, then there's, there's, I think there's some YouTube things, tutorials and so on that can show you how to, how to create one. Um, Then the other piece is just writing up a narrative on your business. So you need to have a narrative on your business. Um, And if your business, if you're, if you're focused on where your business will be in the future, you need to project out where your business will be in two to three years because people can't see your vision. They need to see it on paper. You can't just say, I expect to be at a million in three years. You have to show, okay, this year I'm at 150000 but next year I'll be at 300000 and you have to step it up to the $1 million and just show. You don't have to get all the details. Just basically show, and that's what you need. I call, Those are called forecasted financials or pro forma financial statements. Now, if somebody hasn't ever seen one of those, um, like a narrative like that, is there a way online to just, like, Google it or something, to just see a sample of that? Um, There are executive summaries. What they're called are executive summaries. And, yes, there are. Um, I offer some in my book and on my website. um, If you you have to sign up to get access to the samples. Um, But... um, there, if you do a search, you can you can find some. I have done searches, and I I haven't been I haven't been particularly pleased. I normally see really long business plans, and what I'm talking about is three to five pages. Okay, okay, three to five pages, and maybe yeah, just you just, just real quick, just real quick, include in there, like like is it um kind of a resume of your business that you're trying to you know get a job for <laughs> is that kind of what it is it's it's really an overview of your business so there's an overview in a business description there's a information about the market that you're operating in because say there are no competitors there's always competitors when you say there are no competitors it makes you look like you don't know what you're talking about so please don't say there are no competitors you can say um, there are competitive competitors, competitors but right. right, but you're operating in a new niche or something like that. But anyways, so discuss the market, uh, especially for your local area if you're local, but national if you're not, um, or, you know, or regional. Um, and then you talk about your management because, again, you, uh, and your sales strategy. Management, sales strategy, and then your financials. So overview, uh, your strategic or the you know your market that you're operating in, so a marketing overview, um, management, um, your your strategy for executing what you're saying you're going to do, and then a brief discussion of your finances, including how much you need and why you need it, or what you're going to use it for. So that's those are the components of a strategic um, of an executive summary. And management is very very important. If it's only you, um, and you're looking for a fairly large sum of money then please um, uh, create an advisory board, and an advisory board is informal. The only, it, it could be your accountant, a family friend, other people. 
It doesn't have to be people that, you know, you may just, just people that you call up and talk to you about your business. Two or three people as your advisory board, it makes you look like your team is bigger than it is. And, um, like, and it, it makes them aware that you're thinking about you're not the only one who can solve your business pro- your business's problems or issues. You have you know how to reach out to other sources. So it communicates that you're thinking beyond just yourself and thinking really about the business. Yeah, taking it seriously. <laughs> well, this is yes. Marty. We're visiting today with Tiffany Wright. Her website is thefundingisoutthere.com, same as the name of her book. We're going to come right back and talk about what to do if you just don't have the time or interest in personally obtaining the funding that you need. We'll be right back. Womenspeakers.com is the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,700 women speakers from every experience level, denomination, and fee range, some near you. Visit Womenspeakers.com to find the perfect speaker for your next event or to get training to be a speaker, author, or media personality. All training and connections occur online anytime you have time. Find a speaker, add a speaker, or become a speaker at www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie. Our guest today is Tiffany C. Wright. We're talking about getting funding for your business. And sometimes, Tiffany, we are just too swamped. We know we need the money, but actually that's not even the most important thing, even though we can't keep going without it. So what do you do when you're just in that catch-22? Got to have time to get the money. Don't have time to get the money, but if I drop this thing over here, then right, I won't need the money. <laughs> well, if you if you don't if you don't have time to get to, to to do all this preparation yourself, especially if all of this all of the things I'm telling you is new and you don't know how to do it, so then that means that it will take you ten times as long as someone yeah. else who does know how to do it. Then I would recommend okay. that you reach out um, to someone else to assist you. Um, if you, there are small business development centers out there that can help you. They're, they gel and they provide business advisors or consulting consultants for for either free to uh, to you know like thirty dollars an hour instead of the more typical hundred to two hundred fifty dollars an hour that a that an interim CFO or a part time CFO would typically charge. Uh, but they can help you put together your funding package. Um, And then other entities, I think the Minority Business Development Center or the Women's Business Development Center, they're all operated or have some kind of relation to a government entity, uh, most of which are operated by the SBA, but not all. Um, You can reach out to SCORE, the Service Corps of Retired Executives. They're also funded by the SBA, and they can help you uh, put together what you need. Uh, again, your accountant, you can ask your accountant to help you prepare your historical financials and talk a little bit about a write-up. CFOs, they have a number of part-time CFOs and interim CFOs out there. Um, you can just do a search in your area or ask for a recommendation. Or you can just, you know, call and, and interview two or three and find one. But all of those, all of those entities or programs and so on are out there to help you put everything together. Right. And if you're listening and you're wondering what the SBA is, that stands for Small Business Administration. <laughs> oh, that's and right. That, that and SCORE, um, those are going to be, if you don't know what to do, those would be your first two places to check <laughs> because they're going to really be almost like your yellow pages or, you know, your directory to help you get to the next level of development centers and things like that. Uh, one of the things that I teach Tiffany always is that unless you want to really become an expert, in something, 
if you can, you should delegate it because um, something like this, like you said, it would take you 10 times as long to do it. And not only that, but the chances of you actually really hitting the ball out of the park on your first swing are pretty low, aren't they? Yes, yes. If you've, if you don't know how to put together a financial statement because you haven't been doing it, then you have to figure out how to do that. And that's actually going to take you much longer because now you have to educate yourself. And I think by uh, you, even if you hand off to someone or delegate, it's going to require you to to explain things and so on. So you will have the knowledge that you need when you finally approach the funding entity that you're going after. Um, so just th- the whole process will help you. I'm a big believer in delegation. You can't grow your business if you try to do everything yourself. You will constrain your growth by doing that. So now is a great time. Your area of expertise, don't try to make it. Just um as a CEO of your business, it's not important that you understand and be able to do – it is important that you understand, but it's not important that you have a deep understanding. You're meant to be a generalist, not a specialist in every single area. Right. Right. And, you know, I liked what you said earlier, too, about Kickstarter, and I'm just going to come back around to that because whether you are using a Kickstarter to do it or whether you're prepping the person who's going to write up your executive summary or your narrative, either which way, you're going to be forced to answer the questions that you're going to have to be able to answer if you're going to do the right thing with the money after you get it. <laughs> so, I mean, That's right. The beauty, the beauty of the process, is it's going to eliminate you from the running if you can't really manage the money afterwards because you're going to be able to see, oh, I have no idea uh, what I would answer that question or what I would do with it, you know. Uh, it, That's it's kind right. Of, kind of like the automatic um, system to rule out people who aren't really ready for the money. That, that, that's absolutely right. And I think that that's why uh, I think it's great that we let off with, with uh, why do you need to be resourceful and what do you need the money for? Why do you need the money? So many people tell me, I need you know, I need five hundred thousand, or I need a hundred thousand. What do you need it for? Well, you know, I need it. I need it to do marketing. I want to hire some people. Okay, but you're not. That's general. Specifically, right. how much money do you intend to spend on marketing, and why? How much money do you spend to, intend to spend on hiring people, and why? And then when I when they do that, that's when people oh oh, and it takes them a week or two to get back to me because they have never thought about it that, that deeply. <laughs> Well, and so many, and so many, really, so many people who want to start a business who have to think about it that deeply realize, oh my goodness, I I really didn't want to do that. I really just wanted to sell my, you know, gizmo or do my, <laughs> do my thing. I really didn't want to have to do marketing or you know any of these things that go with it. And so it's really a wonderful process to go through. And in fact, if you're not sure you want to start a business, this this executive summary part of it putting together your financial, what you would need to make it work, this is the place to start because it will really give you a good idea of whether you want to do it or not. So, and yet, what is, go ahead. Yes, Marnie, and I, you know, because I, I focus so much on existing businesses, but obviously I do spend a lot of time talking to startups, but I do remember my a good friend of mine sent my book to uh, her cousin, who wanted to start a winery in Italy, I know. But anyways, he read the book, and he and it was exactly as you said. 
he realized after reading the book that, no, he didn't want to start a winery. He wanted to do something else, but he wanted to be affiliated with wineries doing doing something in a different area. But he did not want to operate in the business of a winery. He liked wine, but not the not the whole business of it. And I think that's important because one of the ways I talk about obtaining financing is through licensing or something. You don't have to, you you don't have to have the full fledged business yourself. You can basically set yourself up to be an extension of another business. Right. And get some support. I mean, yes, when you've got your, when you've got your own business going, you are really out there. You, you've got people who will come like and borrow you money or something like that but when you're in um as attached to an already existing successful business you have so much more ability to learn and to grow in a safe environment than you do when you're on your own well let's go back and talk about the um the business owner entrepreneur who really does need the money but they don't need it a month from now they need it today what do you do then Okay, and I will say, I just put this out there, that um, to the extent that people can think ahead, your options are always greater. Um, Because, (laughs) yes, I think that that applies to just about anything. When you get to the point where you're desperate, (laughs) your options are fewer. (laughs) Right, right. But um, there's, um, well, if you really, if you really and truly need to generate cash, then if you have a product or a service, um, one that other people need, the first thing I would say is go out and and and. Uh, I think the best way for people who are just starting out to generate cash is to is to uh, drastically discount they're offering in order to bring in cash immediately. I never, ever, ever recommend that businesses offer the lowest pricing. I always say that it's value that you need to convey. But if you need money and you need money now, you don't have the time to convey the value. You you need to you need to undercut your your competitors in order to bring in cash now. It's kind of like the same way that if you had inventory but you need cash, you have to liquidate your inventory through an liquidator or through an auction house because they can liquidate within a week or two weeks versus the amount of time that it would t- take you to sell it regularly. So um, so that's one. Two is you can um, – there's some entities out there – some are legitimate and some are not, so please pay attention. But there's some entities out there that offer higher price uh, loans. There's some c- credit card entities. If you do, if you have um, at least, I think about uh, two or three thousand dollars a month in credit card sales, either directly or through PayPal or something, that will lend against those. And again, the interest rates are much higher. They're over 20% typically, but you can bring in cash quickly that way. You can, um, if you need something specific instead of the actual cash, um, then you can barter directly for that item. You can use Craigslist or you can join a bartering entity um, after making sure that what you're looking for is available. Um, you, there's, you can reach out to a friends or family and do a loan. If you're going to do that, ensure that you will be able to pay them back when you say you will, and please put it in writing. 
I have never, I have loaned money. I've had money lent to me, and I've never had a problem with it because I have always, since I was 12 years old, put it in writing, even if it was just an IOU. That way, it is always clear. No one thought that, oh, well, you said, I thought that was a gift. It's always, it's always clear. <laughs> I love that. I love that line. Oh, I thought you were just giving it to me. My parents love Judge Judy, and I, I think I have heard that at least once per episode. I thought it was a gift. And then the other, the other thing is Prosper. Uh, typically, if you, with, if you go on Prosper and you need a loan, um, they say that it takes seven to ten days, but if you really write a comparing loan story about why you need it, then sometimes the loans have been known to fund within a day or two. So um, that's another option. Uh, so those are some of the ways of that, that you can go ahead. Say the name of that uh, lending organization again. Prosper, prosper.com. Or Prosper. lending, I think the other one is Lending Club or Lending okay. Club. Both of them are the same. Prosper uses more individual peers. Lending Club, I think, uses more institutions, but they both offer peer-to-peer lending. Hmm. Hmm. Awesome. Okay. Wow. You guys need to check out uh, Tiffany's book. The funding is out there. Inside the book, you're going to find information that increases your odds of obtaining the finances you need to grow your business, step-by-step options based on your business type, options for each stage of growth, plus advice that enable you to optimize your banking relationships. In the book, you have over 30 case studies and examples <laughs> that help people understand. Can you maybe share a story of somebody who... who um, was doing needed some money and either was creative about it or maybe they didn't have the chance of getting it and got it. Um, yes, I actually, um, I had, I remember I had someone who worked for, this was really interesting, they worked for a larger corporation which is being bought out by another entity. Um, so uh, I think when I say larger, it was, I think still a small business, but they, the business did about $100 million, and it was being bought out by a, a corporation that did uh, a few billion. And anyways, this small division did about $3 million a year. And he was, uh, he, the people, that, there were three of them who came to me. One was the general manager, uh, one was the spouse, and the other one was a, um, a manager within the division. And they had, they, um, the company had approached them and said, We're, you know, the the large corporation that's buying us really doesn't want this division. We'd like to um, offer it to you um, as a purchase, you know, instead of putting it out there mm-hmm. for someone else to buy, if you can do it. So they had no idea. I mean, they were managers working for a company for 30 years. <laughs> so they came to me and asked me what the, what to do. So I had I walked them all the way through the process from they actually had to form a corporation to buy it, and uh, and then they um, they um, and because the, 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 the they didn't have what do you call it uh, they didn't have reviewed financials or something because it was part of the and they didn't really have tax returns mm-hmm. because it was part of another entity. Right. Um, and it hadn't been officially carved out, which is another word. Um, typically, when a large corporation is going to sell off an asset, they carve it out and create all these financial statements. But this 
little entity hadn't done that. So what we did was we decided that uh, it had a lot of assets. It had a lot of receivables and some other and inventory. So we used an SBA loan. And then the the buyers also had um, good credit. So I put together the funding package and shopped it to three different entities. And that's why I decided on doing the SBA lending. And um, actually, they received uh, bids from, (laughs) I call them bids, but offers (laughs) from two different entities. And and we ultimately ended up going actually with CIT, um, Mm -hmm. which was a large SBA lender at that time. But, yes, so they had, again, no idea how to fund it. They just knew that they could fund it because otherwise, why would the CFO approach them in the first place to buy it if he didn't think that they could obtain the funding? So they just were going on belief, and they reached out to me. Yeah. Uh, when we first when we bought our first business, we did a combination of a bank loan for some of it. Of course, we had our own equity that we were putting into it as well, but then a bank loan for some of the rest, and then a, a foundation helped us. and. What we loved was that the foundation also provided, and this is why we went with them, the fund, the um, financing was a little bit higher um, percentage-wise, maybe 1% or 2% higher. But with the foundation, we got consulting services. So somebody came in and taught us how to use QuickBooks, which was super valuable. And somebody, a restaurant uh, consultant came in and just, I, I really honestly believe, Tiffany, that if we hadn't had that consulting, we wouldn't still have those businesses because that's how big of a difference it makes to have somebody help you not reinvent the wheel when you have to be running it. You you just need some help. So do you have any other insights? Does that bring anything to mind, what I just said there? Yes. Yes, it does. And I think that that's what happened with the people that I had helped. In the same way, I walked them through it because my I, I believe right. my belief is you need to be able to do this yourself, and then I'm here to assist you with, you know, the more specific, more more difficult scenarios. But in general, you should be able to do this yourself. You should be able to prepare your financial statement on a quarterly basis to present to the bank because they want to see that, you know, you shouldn't have to call me each and every time except every to time. make review it. <laughs> right. Um, so right. I... I, I've I've had situations where I've I've helped companies use four or five different types of financing, um, depending on what they were striving to do, asset based, uh, uh, um, you know, a strategic partner, um, a strategic marketing partner, um, um, just you know, if you, you just think creatively, because what are you also trying to accomplish in the case where we use, um, where I use four different. Um, entities, they were, they had a bank loan. We we were trying to increase the line of credit, but they were growing too fast to support it. So we mm-hmm. had to use receivable financing, but then we uh, reached out to a strategic partner that was trying to also get in on the type of, uh, on the part of the government uh, that, that they, that they were getting these contracts with. And so that an additional line of credit um, to them, the entity itself, Another company used its line, its banking relationships to extend to this company directly mm-hmm. a line of credit. And it also extended credibility that helped them. Um, and then it also injected, um, I think, 10% equity into the business. So, again, there's, these were blended ways, but what's the, what was the overall objective of the money? What were they trying to get it for? 
what did they need the money for both short term and long term? And that's how we came up with those four different um, funding sources. Cool. If somebody goes over to your website, the funding is out there dot com, what do they find there? Um <laughs> they see a video <laughs> of me talking about the book and um some appearances and just some information about the book and where it's available and then also a VIP list that you can sign up for. You sign up for the VIP list, this is where you get some of the extras that I've been talking about. Like and, uh, is the that sample a executive is summary. Co- there a cost to that? No, no, that's free. Okay. That's zero, All right. well, zero, zero dollars. Zero dollars. <laughs> zero dollars. Can't get better than that. That's right. You do not she is giving it to you. It is not a loan. <laughs> awesome. Hey, I have a quick question. We have about two minutes left here. I have a quick question. So okay. you, have, you have some customers. You have some, I, I guess you would call them clients in your business. You have some clients that come to you and ask for help. You know, these guys um, found you to help them make this connection. How is it that people found you? I'm, I'm wondering if, if people want to find you that are listening, of course, they, they already have your website, but someone who doesn't have your website, someone that's just looking for someone like you, how do, how do people find you, someone like you? I, I have, um, I have, I now, I, I now have a new, my new business, the Resourceful CEO, um, which I, I've been ramping up on my YouTube videos before. So I've had people find me through YouTube, but I've written, I've written hundreds of articles and okay. that's how most people contact me. They're doing a search on something. They see an article that I've written, and okay. they contact me uh, based on that article. I, I would find that fascinating. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, when you find yourself you know, someone, um, that's what you're looking for, is someone who already has credibility in your eyes. I, I know this person knows what they're talking about because they were published in whatever, um, you know, uh, publication that they were reading so they already like that publication you were in it they trust you by difference so that's so cool tiffany so much for being here today thank you so much marnie i have really enjoyed it and i thank you for the opportunity to help other business owners uh well you're welcome and you are obviously just a delightful person you guys want to go check out her website <laughs> the funding is out there.com as well as her book Thefunding is out there.com. Have a great day. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.